Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, physios are an integral part of our health system, keeping us fit and strong to help us deal with whatever life throws at us. Whether you're a stay-at-home type or a fitness fanatic, chances are you've had to employ the knowledge, care and expertise of one of them at some point in your life. And so for this week's industry review, I thought I'd catch up with three physios uh, just to have a look at uh, an industry health check, let's call it. So I'm delighted to welcome to the studio Jenny Brannigan. She's a chartered physiotherapist at Total Physio in Sandyford. Margaret Hanlon is partner at City Physio in Lucan. She's also the chairperson of the chartered physiotherapists in practice, in private practice working group. And Owen Everett of Owen Everett Physio down there in my home city of Kilkenny. You're all very welcome to the programme. Okay, Jenny, we might start with you, Jenny Brannigan, uh, chartered physiotherapist from Total Physio. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, if you would. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invite. So my business is called Total Physio. We just celebrated 15 years in operation there well in January. So we're delighted with that. Um, I am a physiotherapist for more than 20 years now at this stage. I started my career doing a lot of sports physio. I worked in field sports, hockey, rugby. And then I worked more recently with the FAI, in particular the women's national team, which I was delighted to be a part of. Right. And now I'm doing a little bit of work with our professional body. I am on the ICP board. I'm their director of communications. And I also worked with Carew on the physiotherapy registrations board. Okay, so a lot of experience in a lot of different fields. So great to have you with us, Jenny. Thank you. Uh, Margaret Hanlon is our next guest, a partner at the City Physio and Luke and Mar- Margaret. And I know you're also a chairperson of the uh, Chartered Physiotherapist in Private Practice. Tell us a little bit about your own business. Uh, well, our business uh, operates a very busy clinic in Lucan, but we also provide physio services for uh, corporate uh, settings and in small private hospitals as okay. well. Um, and I do uh, consultancy work for medical legal um, issues as well. Um, and then obviously I'm involved with um, trying to run the business or help all our private practitioners across the country run their businesses. Um, unfortunately, I've been in business longer than Jenny. <laughs> I'm being being around a bit longer, but uh, so I'm in it for the long haul. But uh, yeah. it's 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 good to go. And how many people work in your practice? Uh, there are seven of us working. Wow. Okay, and then our third guest is Owen Everett, uh, Owen uh, Everett from Owen Everett Physio down there in Kilkenny. Owen, tell us a bit, little bit about yourself and indeed your own business. Hi, Bobby. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm a chartered physiotherapist as well. I've been working as a chartered physio for over 10 years. I also lecture in SETU. Um, I specialize mainly in uh, back pain and lower limb injuries. And I've um, invented the back wear belt recently. So I combined, say, doing physiotherapy with working on that new business and lecturing. So we'll come uh, back to that in a a second, because I think that might be an interesting development. So we'll chat about that a bit later on. So maybe we back back to you, Jenny, I suppose, what are the most common reasons that somebody would take a visit to your practice? Well, Bobby, we sell quality of life. So when people have a niggle, when they have a pain, when they can't move as they want to move, if they can't sit at their desk all day, if they can't lift their kids without pain, they come and see us. And what we can do is we can 
let them know what's going on with their body. We have a look at how they move. We have a look at how their muscle strength is. And then we try and relate that to what they're feeling in their daily lives. There are many things that can cause pain. You know, stress is a big driver of that. We saw a lot of that, of course, during the pandemic. If people aren't sleeping well, if there's been a change in their life circumstances, if they have a new child, if they change their job, for example, that can be something that adds to stress and that can be something that affects how they feel pain. So... What we do is we look at the person as a whole. We try and figure out what's going on with them. What can we do then to reassure them that their pain is not something they need to be fearful of? We need to keep them moving. That's the biggest message. That's People, what I was going to ask you. Is it about the importance of movement and keeping things? Because it's moving, it's well-oiled, so That's it. The more you move, the easier it is right. to move. And that's the biggest message. People become fearful when they have pain because they worry about making it worse. When in actual fact, if you hold yourself stiffly, you'll actually perpetuate the problem and make it worse. So what we do is we, we reassure them, we educate them as to what they need to do to make things better, and we show them how to do that. And we try and make them even better than they were okay. before that. And Margaret, if we look at a... At the, at the time we're at now, post-COVID and that, would we have a scenario where lots of people, maybe particularly elderly people, didn't move around as much, maybe as they would have done uh, previously to COVID? And has that impacted the business? Oh, definitely. Well, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, it has increased business because, um, but th- I suppose there are patients that we didn't have in COVID times when we should have. And so they're coming later um, because they're more confident to come into the practice now. Um, but unfortunately, if you're older and you've had a problem for longer, then it takes longer to kind of get you moving again and can take longer to rehabilitate. So there are, um, you know, positives on the business sense and yeah, negatives yeah. for for the patient. <clears throat> but uh, it's definitely changed the uh, demographics of, of, of our business somewhat. OK. Uh, Owen, you do something that, which is called functional screening. Um, I think that's about getting the optimum movement of the body. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Just as Jenny was saying, it's really important to get people moving. And sometimes people can have, say, a back complaint that might be because because of a stiff hip or the way they're moving. So what we do with the functional screening is we just assess their overall movements. We try to get people moving well, say, at the ankle and the hip and the upper back and try to improve stability, say, in the lower back and knee. So because a lot of times we see that say a knee injury might be caused by a tight hip or a tight ankle as opposed to the knee being the main issue itself. So it's about assessing the whole body to make sure we find the cause of the problem rather than always fixing the uh, symptoms. Okay. Jenny, tell us about, uh, you know, the actual qualification of a, of a physio. Uh, what defines a physiotherapist? Uh, is, is, it, is, it a, is, it, is there a prescribed... Uh, I suppose, education and qualification route that's recognised by all all of you here today. In other words, can somebody say they're a physio if they're not a physio? So I went through the traditional route. I went to UCD. I did four years of um, Bachelor of Science in Physiotherapy. So when I came out of that four years and I had completed 1,000 hours of clinical practice and you're, you have three areas of proficiency that you have to pass in that. So musculoskeletal, um, respiratory and neurology. So I came out and... Once I had that BSc physiotherapy, then I was eligible to join the Irish Society of Chartered Physiotherapists, which means I can call myself a chartered physio. Um, It has changed since then. Now you can do a master's programme. So there's pre-registration masters and there's master's programmes. So if you are a postgrad, you can apply to do one of those master's programmes if you've done an undergrad in a related discipline. Uh, Margaret, have you anything more to add about that? 
Well, it used to be that, you know, you had to be a member of the Chartered Society of Physios. To, that was how you kind of validated your qualification. And that still exists. But now we have the advent of Coru, which is where they've started to register the health professionals. And so therefore that uh, you have to prove that you have a relevant physiotherapy degree to become Coru registered. So okay. that is, if, if you know, so the public can know whether that their physiotherapist has appropriate qualifications. And this is really relevant now because so many more people are going abroad to do physiotherapy because it's really difficult to get into in Ireland there's very high points but it can be easier to get into in some other countries and therefore so they, they have to prove when those graduates are coming back that they are of a, an equivalent level of qualification okay. to what the Irish physiotherapy L- Like every profession I think there's yes. a standard that, that, that you want to attain and a standard that you want people working towards which I think you all subscribe to okay enough on that Owen talk to me about Pilates and where it interacts or features in physiotherapy? Well, I think as um, the two women have alluded to, like exercise and movement is really important as a physiotherapist. So Pilates is just a formalized way of um, having a movement discipline. So it really involves core stability, um, glute activation work. I think that's a differential between that and yoga. Yoga is a lot more of um, more mobility and stretching. Pilates would be much more like, say, core stability and muscle activation, like kind of strengthening exercises. Does, does Pilates sort of uh, engage muscles that you wouldn't ordinarily use? Is that is that one of the things it does? Yeah. With COVID, you know, we're all sitting down a lot more anyway. So um, the core stability muscles, the glute muscles, they can tend to become weak and inactive. So... Pilates really focuses on trying to get the core muscles working again, the glute muscles working again, which allows us to move better at the joints that we should be able to move better at and get stable in our back um, as well to try to take pressure off those kind of areas that get sore. Okay, Jenny, you had something to add. So yeah, Pilates is really about dynamic stability and what you're looking at is incorporating breathing into various different movements and you're trying to improve people's postural control overall. So like Owen says then, that helps when they're trying to work, they're trying to maintain a position and endure a position for longer periods. But again, it's all about getting people moving and to try and move through the full range of motion of a joint or a muscle and to do that in a nice controlled way so it gives you this dynamic stability and this bit of endurance to be able to tolerate positions for a little bit longer or something out of the ordinary you might have to reach up for something like you know putting your bag in the overhead bin if you have that good strength through your pelvis through your deep abdominals through your gluteals you'll have that support to be able to lift that weight up higher so it's that dynamic stability piece that's really vital So would you incorporate Pilates as part of your everyday work? Yeah so I'm a Pilates instructor as well so we have Pilates classes running in our clinic but even from a one-to-one basis with a patient if they need to improve their overall movement stability we would incorporate some of the Pilates principles in that. Margaret, uh, most professions and indeed most businesses uh, are struggling today with uh, recruitment, with retention. Is physiotherapy any different? No, it's a massive problem for us. It really, really is. And, um, you know, in my role with the private practitioners, I'm getting phone calls every week from frustrated practice owners saying, what am I going to do? I'm just having to turn away business or, or we have waiting lists, which is completely against the whole concept of private physiotherapy. The whole idea is that we're supposed to be able to provide a, a prompt service so people don't have to wait. And therefore, you know, problems don't become more chronic. Like we alluded to earlier, when 
you know, with the older people not coming to, because of COVID, uh, delaying their 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 um, time for coming to practice. So uh, it's it's a massive problem. It really, really yeah. is, and it's multifaceted, you know, causes to it. Okay. Um, Owen, you better tell us about this belt that you've invented that we're all we're all wanting to hear about. Uh, talk to us more about this 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 belt that was invented down there in Kilkenny. Yeah, thanks in your homeland there, Bobby. Um, yeah, it was great. So one thing I would have always seen with my physiotherapy patients was when you're trying to get them to move better and show them the way you want them to do the rehabilitation exercises, a lot of times they just didn't have good body awareness. Uh, they weren't aware of how they should be moving. So I always had this in my head. So I came up with this back aware belt, which essentially gives people instant feedback on their back position. So they can see their position on an app or the belt vibrates when they go into a poor position. So it just gives you that feedback. So you know that you're exercising correctly or you could wear it, say, at your desk. So if you're in a poor posture for a certain amount of time, you would send a message to your phone. Gives you a to, bit of a dart to tell you to move. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> behind you Bobby all the time just telling you to sit straight <laughs> well look it sounds great I just wanted to finally maybe ask you Jenny about the role of the physiotherapist in sport you say you, and, and indeed you did your work for the with, with rugby with, with hockey uh, with the FAI and the women's national team yeah, yeah absolutely so the role of the physiotherapist in that sort of team environment must be now crucial is it? Oh absolutely yeah. crucial because you're dealing with you know, potentially a panel of 22 players who are coming in and you're having to liaise with all of their clubs in advance of that to see what's been going on with them when they've been playing with their clubs so that you know what any issues that you might have to deal with when you come into camp with those players. You're meeting all of the players when you come in to see how things are. Again, you're not just looking at the physical, you're looking to see has anything changed in their life? Has there been any sort of trauma? Has there been anything, you know, personal that might affect how they're feeling when they come into camp? So that's a huge part of it. We work very closely with the doctor as well. So the medical team, you know, we'd be together the whole time and we're always trying to work through any issues that we expect coming in. Yeah. And then, of course, while you're in camp, you might be in for 10 days at a time. Everything that crops up during that time, again, you're liaising constantly to try and figure out, are these players fit to train? Are they fit to even do some modified training? Then you're looking at recovery practices. You're trying to lead them to make sure that their downtime is spent in a way that makes sure that they're optimising their recovery for the following day's training. And of course, all with the eye on the big match at the end of the wow, week. Great. So it's a great, exciting environment to be in. And the backroom staff, you know, we used to be like 10 or 12 of us together. So you're in very close quarters for a very intense period of time. And it's excellent. Excellent fun. Sounds it's great. really, really enjoyable. But yes, it's it's intense and it's finely balanced. But it's a hu the physio role is huge because again, it's all about is the player fit to play. That's ultimately it. You want your best players on the pitch for that match. Well said. That's great. And sounds very interesting. Uh, maybe last word to you, Margaret, in terms of encouraging people to use the services of physiotherapy. What would you say to our listeners today? Well, physiotherapy is for everybody because basically at the end of the day, as you can see from what my colleagues were saying, we're movement experts, basically. So we are all about keeping the community healthy, happy and, and, and keeping them. If you can't move, you can't be healthy. You know, you, it affects your whole medical system because everybody has to be fit to be healthy. And we're becoming more and more aware of that nowadays. So we're basically the drivers of that. If 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 you have a problem, if there's some reason why you can't move, we're, we're first go to. We well, sell quality of life. I think that's the way to think about it. If you can move well, your quality of life is going to be good. And that's what you need to boil it down to. If you can't move well, you need to be seeking out the services of a chartered physio. OK, well, we've heard it. And uh, three great ambassadors for the profession. 
Jenny Brannigan, Margaret Hanlon and Owen Everett. Thanks very much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.